Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our guest is the fabulous Pablo Stanley, the iconic illustrator and co-founder at Blush, and we're going to talk about illustration. This episode is brought to you by Yellow Images, a marketplace of over 50,000 high-quality mockups, creative fonts, PNG images, presets, brushes, and more. Save time on presentations, finish your projects faster, and wow clients with premium designs and branding solutions. Get a 20% discount with our limited-time promo code UIBREAKFAST20 at yellowimages.com. Hey, Pablo. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I heard about this uh, podcast for a long time, so it is, uh, it's pretty cool that I'm here and joining you. By the way, you just like, a, how, how long have you been doing this podcast? It's, just, it's been a long time, huh? Six years. Yes. Thank, thank you. I didn't know that was on your radar. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, wow. That's six years. I mean, because like everybody says, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. And they just start a podcast. And then they don't follow through, you know, you, you were doing a podcast before they were cool, you know, I mean, they were always cool, but I think before everyone wanted to have a podcast. <laughs> I guess so. Well, yeah. thank you for the compliment. And you're not uh, foreign to the industry of podcasting either, right? Yeah. I, I listen to podcasts and I like listening to podcasts in the morning, sometimes to fall asleep. So no, I'm familiar with <laughs> the podcasts it's like the, i mean as in producing the podcast <laughs> as a producer yes i used to have a podcast that was in spanish it was it invited uh, different designers to talk about their experience working in the design world and it, specifically more than anything in product design and yeah and it was all uh, latinos and latinas in the industry of product tech of the tech world, I guess. And yeah, that, that's what it was. Interesting how we run design shows and try to talk about design without showing any pictures to anyone. I've always kind of, that's been a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's also kind of a circle jerk, right? It's a uh, designers talking to other <laughs> designers and it's like, let's talk about what should we talk about? Well, let's <laughs> talk about design. And it's just like, sometimes people wonder why is design so close? Why? Why are the barriers up? That's because we only talk to each other. We just create this bubble around us and we just like believe our own, I don't know, our own mental models and our own lies. But yeah, sorry, I, I went in a rant about uh, us designers only talking to designers. So I think we started backwards because <laughs> maybe there are some people in the audience who don't know who you are. So maybe you can give us context and what you do, and what's your background story, where you come from? I'm Pablo Stanley. I am a designer, doodler too, I guess. Right now, I'm also a co-founder and a CEO of a company called Blush and Blush.design. I, I, <laughs> I hesitated a little bit there. Hold on, is it just Blush? Yeah, it's just called Blush, but if you want to find it, it's Blush.design. And yeah. That's that's pretty much me. I've been um, more than anything for a very long time. I've been a designer. 
And for a long time, not very long, but a long time, I've been a, what you would call, a, I guess, a UX product interaction, I don't know, storyteller, designer. I don't know. What are we calling ourselves these days? I don't know. Visionary. <laughs> visionary designer from the future. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For me, you've been also out there for, for ages with your iconic design style and your your doodles kind of uh, angle and that was trendy even before doodles became trendy i should say so are, are you saying i'm you... old that, I, that i've been <laughs> you've been out there for such a long time pablo you're so old what are you doing why, why are you still here yeah are you still relevant is that what you're saying you're just like wow so rude Oh, sorry. I mean, you invented flood design before there was flood design. So <laughs> I wonder That's, that would be cool. Yeah. How do you define yourself um, like inside your head? Are you more of a product person yourself or is like art and illustration like a I, defining part of your identity? I don't know. I do a little bit of everything. I try not to let those things define me. If if we want to get a little bit hippie about it, it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I'm not defined by my work and my job doesn't define me. But no, it is part of me. I, I mean, I am not what I do, but it's more like I do it because I like it and it's uh, it's part of me, right? So I suppose I just like, a, I'm someone that just like likes creating things and sharing what they create. I, I suppose a lot of people identify that way. Whereas like it is one of the things that you have been able to see and, and thank you for, for that is like my, the doodles part and that I do illustrations and, and do stuff like that. But I, uh, I also do music. I also record videos. I do tutorials. I, I'm, I'm also a podcaster, apparently, that was established. I do a little bit of everything. So I suppose I would say like just someone who likes creating things and experiment with stuff. That's how I identify myself in my little brain. Tell us more about Blush. It's a serious business now. And if we go, you know, from the angle of uh, Simon Sinek's start with why, what is your why uh, when, when you started it? And what's your goal? You know, make a dream exit or maybe have a bigger mission of making bringing great illustration to the world. Yeah, so the why. I, I don't know if I agree with this, starting with the why, but uh, let's just start with the why. I think it just became that famous, that like, start with the why, and it's like, ah, no, start <laughs> with the what. Why, what are you doing? And then what are, what are you... And then uh, reverse engineer the why. <laughs> like, that's what everyone <laughs> does. Don't, don't, don't lie to yourselves. Like, you wanted to do something. There was a, a motive about, like, doing a what. And then you like said like okay blah, blah, blah. apparently we have to find a why and then we all reverse engineer that sorry okay the why is trying to help elevating people's creativity and we believe that people are creative that everyone is creative right now what i was telling you before about like designers talking to designers and then it creates that myth about designers are the creative ones we are the ones who hold the keys to the reign of creativity. And I don't believe that. I actually believe that we, we all have a story to tell and we all have the capability of like doing things in a wonderful, magical way. It's just that tools have not been there for us. The assets have not been there for us. Access 
to different things have been, and also culture has been, have been blockers on people um, that have told them, no, don't be creative because creatives don't make money, <laughs> which sometimes is true. And, and creativity, it's, uh, will not make you productive. So don't be creative. Creatives are just the, the crazy ones, the, the, and, and just like the talented ones. In Blodge, we believe that creativity is something that is, we all have, and we want to allow people to discover those superpowers that they have dormant, that, that are there and just be, they're waiting to be awakened. And that's, if you want to put a why, that's uh, why we do it, because we believe in, in people's creativity and, and the story that they have to tell. And the what will be, well, we've been, we started with doodles and illustration and art. And we decided to build a tool that allowed people to bring illustrations and art from different artists into what they are creating. Because uh, one of the things that uh, we also believe is collaboration and just uh, building on the ideas from others on top of the ideas of others, and then creating something new out of it. So uh, in Blush, we have a library of uh, different collections of uh, artists that have created illustration systems. And these illustration systems, once they are like systems, they can be accessed by anyone and they can create their own things and use them in whatever they need to make and whatever story they have, they want to tell. So that's how we're starting on our why, on enabling people to discover their creative superpowers with doodles. And what do we do from, from there? What is the next what? We're figuring it out. <laughs> One of the things I really enjoy, for example, with this podcast is discovering talent, discovering interesting guests, and you're clearly discovering artists with your projects. So walk us through your project, your process, how you bring someone else to the surface, or is it like all your friends there on the artist page? No, actually, most of them have been people who have applied. We have a little form there, I think a Google form, a Thai form, it's just like really basic. And we allow people to, we open it up for like anyone to apply. And if you're interested in becoming an artist on Blush, like, hey, just applying. We, we have to look at the work and if it's something, we also want to have a diverse set of types of illustrations too. So we have been kind of in a way curating uh, the things that appear uh, on Blush. Um, next step is going to be actually open it up so anyone can upload their illustrations and create their systems and, and hopefully also profit from it. But that's the next step right now. It's just like people who have applied and yeah, some of them have been like people who I have met and it was like, Hey, you make doodles, right? <laughs> Come over here, create a, an illustration system. That will be dope. And I don't know, like let's talk about compensation and let's talk about like what you want to make. And usually we leave it also for illustrators to decide what they want to create. And also we don't dictate style and, and, and theme. It's like, Hey, what is something that you haven't been able to do? Like <laughs> that a client has not asked from you like, Oh, well, I've been wanting to do this thing and using this style. Okay, cool. Go ahead, do it and create that style. And, uh, we'll, we can work through it and we can help you. So that's, that's being how we're doing it, where it's like, a, like uh, create something that you 
you've been wanting to do, and we'll support you. I love it how you call it design illustration systems. And uh, now you have to walk us through what what makes a good, um, well-rounded illustration system. Um, Because I can see that each artist has their own collections and each collection has, you know, certain element types and scenes. And that's all very exciting. How did you come up with this taxonomy? Depending on what they're going to create, we haven't really standardized it. We have like some basics where it's like, A, if you're going to create a character, for example, and if your illustrators are going to have people, uh, humans, well, humans, then you can create a system that like, so people, other people can customize these illustrations. Well, maybe they will want to change their clothes and their expressions and their hairstyle. And I don't know, the, like, it depends on how deep they want to go. The artist wants to go on the system. They could go super deep where, Actually, even uh, the shoes are mixable. And maybe it's not just the whole expression, but the eyes and the mouth and the nose, those kinds of things are actually variables too. So it has dependent on the artist, on their their scope, their style. Some artists don't even have faces, for example, on their illustrations. They, it's just like, a, like a faceless characters. So we're starting to see like patterns and to see like a, uh, like what you're calling the taxonomy of like a standardized something and more because we're building uh, tools for illustrators. That's that's going to be our next step. And once we do that, we want to have like templates that they can use. And that way, uh, once it's, everything is, is part of a system that is temp- that is part of a template, a blush template, then we can animate those things and we can create other things with it, right? Uh, but right now, so far, it has been more like pretty free. It's just like, what do you want to create? Well, I want to create a, I don't know, like some of them are actually food, like a food system. And it's just like (laughs) uh, the plates change and the ingredients inside the food of the doodles change. Oh, okay. Well, let's think about that and let's work together on how would that look. So it's been a really hands-on approach where we talk to the illustrators and we walk with them through the whole process. And that way... It's it's great because uh, some illustrators have never made a system like this. So it's been a l- learning experience for them too. And also it's been a, a great experience for us to understand how different artists work uh, with different tools and different uh, workflows and how we can adapt or the way we do things. Uh, so uh, any artist can, can create something for in a systematic way. So like right now, to answer your question in a short way, the taxonomy is pretty free. Depends on the artist, but we're starting to standardize it. Tell us if the technical side of your tool has been challenging more than the creative side or vice versa, because you're going way beyond a typical like stock exchange. Uh, You offer like live customization of the thing. And you also have a Figma plugin or how is it called these days? How much effort did it take to build all this? Because it sounds like a pretty hard thing to build. Yeah, our team has pretty talented people who, like uh, engineers and product people who are really passionate about this. So I would say it's being challenging, but a good kind of challenging. <laughs> Whereas like it's, you know, like a, when something is a little bit difficult, but it's, you like that it's difficult <laughs> and you like that it's a challenge that no one has done or or something that is new or. So it's it's been an exciting challenge and i would say that it's a 
like any product, we were setting milestones and and seeing the things that we, how we want to start and how we we move forward and and learning a, a, along the way because like we. I mean, our idea would be like to do even harder things and, 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 and allow people to do more complex things and, and, and in a simple way. Like right now, we have done what is, <laughs> what is actually easy <laughs> with the low-hanging fruit of what we, what we can do. So yeah, it's just like a, any other product, I guess. You start with like a defining what, is a, what are the things that you can start launching and testing and learning from it and then MVP in it and, and seeing if... If it moved the needle, well, if did people actually find it valuable? What did they do? And then change from that and adapt. So you've only been running this for like less than a year, if, if I'm right. Uh, how do you find uh, it's working out after the launch? It's been going well. Are you asking about something in a specific? <laughs> uh, just to, you know, when we launch something, we all, we all have... Uh, certain expectations about how we're going to take over the world. So how is that taking over the world in your opinion? Yeah. So I think uh, like our expectations have always been like, hey, help people like, like bring doodles in, into what they create. And we have been successful in that. We have seen more and more people using Blush, more and more people from around the world, more and more people interested in also like being part of Blush and, and sharing their illustrations and creating illustration systems. So, and so that's, that's been going well. That's been going great. Like uh, our growth has on that part has been always like, I don't know, steady, but growing. So yeah, I don't know, like a, on our mission to take over, I don't know if we want to take over the world <laughs> <laughs> but on what we have, what having wanted to do, where it's like a give tools that make it easy for people to do creative stuff. So far, we have been successful and we are slowly uh, getting uh, uh, more people and also creating more tools that allow that. Have you got any uh, famous use cases of people who have used your art in some projects that took off? Oh, well, I don't know. Like if, if like big logos or something, I mean, something I've seen, like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen teams at Google use uh, Blush illustrations. Also, I've seen, well, we helped the Biden campaign. The Biden campaign, their design team approached us to, uh, to see because they, they wanted to, like in the political campaign, they have to move fast. They have to adapt. They have to uh, have a team that, uh, that creates content for different markets and in and, and a, and a steady with a steady workflow, right? So we helped the Joe Biden campaign uh, team, the design team, to create an illustration system, like from scratch. They uh, they have an amazing artist, and they created uh, their own system. But we kind of like helped them also, like uh, along the way, like how to think in a in a way that is going to be useful for the different content strategists and the content marketing people so they can use the doodles in a, in a way that is like a that tells their story that is always on brand and in a fast way in a way that that really enables them to just like be creative so we help them so that's that's one use case also and we have helped other teams too but like we have seen like I one of my design heroes is uh, John Maeda 
And he recently tweeted something about Blush that I was like, oh my God, John, thank you. So I don't know, like a, if, <laughs> if, if you think about like a celebrities, that will be one celebrity that uses, that used Blush or thought Blush was cool. So that was for me awesome. Let's talk about the subject from the standpoint of a product owner who'd like to make their product <laughs> more unique. Are there any dangers in using illustrations from a resource like yours and when is that reasonable ground of like spending thousands of dollars for custom illustration or you can just go ahead and use blush do you have any um, advice or what do you think about it yourself like if you were starting a SaaS, would you use blush if i were starting a SaaS, would i use blush i i would advise yeah if you're starting a SaaS, maybe you're if you are a startup maybe your budget is limited maybe you also want to try different things and you want to move fast and see what works and what doesn't so with blush it, it allows you to do those things in, in a, an affordable way where you can try different styles you can try different things you have control over what you're creating as someone who has limited time and and resources then a blush allows you to do that stuff whereas like a like like now in the globalized connected world that has so many different communication channels that sometimes you just have to be there and have a presence it can be overwhelming so well now it's not just instagram and facebook you have to be on tiktok and apparently you have to be on medium and also a Substack. and i don't know like apparently linkedin turn into a social media platform too. So I guess we have to do <laughs> LinkedIn posts and, oh, Twitter just added, what do they call Like, uh, like the, fleets? the, the stories. stories. The yeah, stories. Fleets, <laughs> yes. So uh, there's a lot of stuff. And if you are a business owner, well, in a startup, you have to, well, first of all, decide what not to do, right? What are the things you're going to say? Like, okay, I'm, we're not going to do that. But then there are other things that you, you still at least have to try and see if there's any interaction, if there's any engagement on any of those platforms. And to do that, well, you have to create assets, you have to plan it. And, and I think a blush can play a role in that strategy, whereas like A, it, it can allow you to test different things, move fast and, and adapt it to different platforms and different, like in different platforms will have different formats and they will like even the sizes are different and with blush it's really size independent you can like adapt to anything so yeah it is a it will be something that i would if you want to keep a communication engagement with your audience or with your users in these platforms then i would say yes you you want to use blush or something like blush also if you want to try different uh i don't know landing pages that have different messages for different markets and for different uh, uh, people, for different strategies, then you will also need to create different assets, right? So again, I, I would say but Blush can help you with that. Test different things. And then later, I would say, I would always advise, A, once you're ready to, I don't know, like you already tested different things, you're already, maybe you grew and you have more time and more budget and you have a more, a better understanding of what, you want to make and how you can reach your audience in a more efficient way, then at that stage, I would recommend, hey, do something custom, you know, like do something that is like truly like specific to your brand. And, and yeah, like maybe hire an illustrator who can 
work on that. Because like hiring an illustrator, it, it will take time. It will be a, a work of love. And, and that work of love like requires a lot of uh, effort. So once you are at that stage, I would always advise, yeah, you should be working with an illustrator. You should be not only an illustrator, but also a designer, uh, marketing, and, and bring other people to like plan that strategy in a very focused way. But when you're starting, if there's one thing that you are not, it's focused sometimes. <laughs> and you're almost like required to like try you a lot of stuff and see what sticks, right? Uh, so like in that stage, I would say, hey, use Blush. But even at that other stage that is like focus, like we're building tools inside Blush that allow people to, like, for example, now we introduce color filters. So if you have, I don't know, like you have a, your color palette that is specific to your brand, then you can apply that filter. And now any illustration on the Blush uh, catalog can look like it's at least on the color side, it looks like your brand. So now it will be a listen brand on the color. So that's one step towards that goal. So, and if you want to try different things, you can still do that. And which is something that will be really hard if you, if you just work with one illustrator. So like, I think uh, there's still like opportunities once you want to focus your strategy in, in a way and out blush. And also something I would invite also, also illustrators to use blush. Like something that we are working on is uh, allowing illustrators to bring their clients to Blush. That way, once you create a system for your client, well, your client, something that has happened to me before is that uh, those illustrations that my team paid for, uh, my company paid for, uh, that we hired an illustrator, a contractor, or maybe it, sometimes it's even an illustrator that, uh, that is on the team, but those assets exist in a Dropbox folder somewhere or in a Google Drive, and they are all flat SVGs or flat PNGs. And even though, who, and who's going to be using those, who, who needs those assets? Well, the person in marketing, maybe the person in content strategy, but they might not have access to that Dropbox folder. They might not have the tools to open those files. So like in that case, I, I would still like advise, like we're building the tools for allowing, open it up so anyone in the team can, can have access to those assets that you own. So they're not public, only your team has access to those. But now anyone in your team that, that is not a non-designer also can have access to those illustrations. So that's a, it's not just, even when you are at that stage where you want something custom, you could use Blush. That's quite revelatory. I didn't know that you can basically have private collections. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And that's how the like different teams are right now working. It's, it's currently on, on beta. So like uh, teams can join the waitlist, and we're already letting some pe teams. And that's how actually, like I was telling you about the Joe Biden campaign. That's how their team mm -hmm. accesses it. Nobody had access to the Joe Biden illustrations, only the Joe Biden team. Amazing. Well, that that's pretty big. So you're transforming into like a an assets management tool, which which is really big, especially for bigger brands. Yeah, in, in a way, exactly. It's uh, uh, manage uh, the assets and allowing other non-designers to use the assets uh, that way. It's just that the people who are constantly creating this stuff are not usually the designers, are the people who are in marketing and content that, okay, we need a new everyday we need a Instagram post every day. We need uh, to put something here, and hey, we need a uh, we 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 released we're releasing a medium post. 
but we need to have a header image at least and add some images inside that post uh, on our blog. Like asking for those things from the illustrator, then it creates that, it creates a lot of work for the illustrators or the designers who have to do that stuff. So then suddenly like they will have to go to Google and download an image or something. And suddenly it's not on brand because they just needed to release something, right? And so we're trying to uh, help teams not have to do that and actually allow them to to just use their assets that are always on brand. Are there any brands out there who are absolutely killing it with uh, illustration, with custom illustration, I guess, that you respect and uh, enjoy as an illustrator yourself? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Dropbox has always been a brand, a company that uses illustration to for, in, in, in their language, in their visual language. Like, I think they have been actually even pioneers on how illustration looks. They used to be, I mean, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Dropbox illustrations used to be like all blue and white. And, yes. <laughs> and really, I don't know if cartoonish, but like really clear, like uh, there was no, they weren't that abstract. They were like very typical, but really beautiful illustrations. Until one point, when they decided to like go crazy <laughs> and, and went, somebody came in and brought in brown and whatever colors and oh my god <laughs> they, they brought on uh, like yes uh, like crazy color palettes and and like their typefaces were like they, they were like really pushing with variable fonts and doing really weird at the moment i think a lot of people like the reaction was like oh this is this is weird because we are used to seeing Dropbox in a very uh, linear and boxy way, like really predictable way. And then suddenly they came out with something really crazy and really out there, which was in a way also really artistic and visually stimulating. And a, a part <laughs> to of put it, it mildly. <laughs> yes. And a, a part of it was, were illustrations. And illustrations, when they did their redesign, they introduced illustrations that were like that felt more organic. That were like felt like they were that a hand with a brush stroke uh, with a brush like made those things. That actually somebody like made that by hand and not just like putting vectors together, which by all are also made by hand. But like it felt more analog than digital, and so it, it for a lot of people I think it also. It, it was a little bit harsh that distinction between what it used to be and what it it went it was now, but I thought it was like really brave and it was really pushing forward the industry in thinking and like, hey, let's just stop being all the same, and they that really allowed other artists and other companies to think about what they were doing in a different way. I think uh, that's. I see it as a as a, a breaking point in the little bubble of the tech world when suddenly companies like Dropbox adopted a design that was a little bit more out there and their illustrations were a little bit more less digital and vector-based and more organic. And then suddenly you start seeing companies like also like MailChimp that did everything in black and white, but it felt like it was done with pencils or like with carbon also like intercom too like suddenly they they introduce like really abstract illustrations 
So like now it's something that you see all over the place. Like suddenly like companies, I, I feel like they allow themselves to be a little bit more artistic. And I don't know, I, I, I was really happy with that. I remember in the moment when Dropbox made that change, it was a little bit controversial because uh, for a lot of people, it felt like this is not Dropbox. This is not the Dropbox I'm used to. <laughs> and their message used to be so clear. Why would they change their illustrations? Their illustrations were perfect. And it's like, well, yeah, they were, they were actually amazing. They were beautiful. Their artists behind their illustrations were wow. But I don't know. I, I thought it was like pretty brave of them to just like embrace something different. When it comes to other projects like yours, I'm sure Blush is not the only resource for affordable art online. And are there any other fellow projects that inspire you as well uh, that we can link to in our show notes? Well, one of them is Unsplash. Yeah, I think Unsplash oh, yeah. suddenly <laughs> opened up the the world to photography. Like, hey, we had we were used to seeing stock photos in a way that we think when we think about stock photos. But <laughs> you wouldn't say that about Unsplash. Unsplash, they're, they're pretty much like also stock photos, but you can see that it, they feel more authentic and they they have a more of an artist's point of view because it, it's made by people who just wanted to take that photo and, and, and thought this is a beautiful scene and they want to share it with the world. And with Unsplash, suddenly they allowed people to use stock photos that didn't feel like stock photos in whatever they were making. And so if there's one source of inspiration for this, I think it's Unsplash. Also, I suppose the Mount Project, where it allowed artists to create the different sets of icons and, and illustrations, but in a black and white way, I think like it's also like a great source of inspiration where like it suddenly also allowed people to be, to bring these kinds of assets into whatever they, they were creating into the story that they were trying to tell. So, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and there are a lot of, uh, also people who I have followed through the years, like even when I was starting as a designer that I, I, I don't even remember the names or, but like stuff that you will find on the internet that there will be like freebies and downloads. Like I, I owe a lot of what I know and, and what I do because of all those people that contributed to the community and made their assets available and open. Uh, for others to edit and inspect and reuse and remix and and like that's that's something that I, I I'm really thankful that I think uh, I don't know like blush in a way and a lot of the things that I do are in a way uh, me trying to give back to to that community that has helped me a lot and and we hope that with blush we're able to do that too because we do have a free plan, by the way, and you can go ahead and use uh, Blush for free and forever free if you want to just to stay on the free plan. So that's a way also like to contribute to the community to push what we do and help each other. I think if we make design more available to more people, then that elevates the importance and the value of design because suddenly more people are able to use the tools, more people are able to to understand how how something can look better or how something can a message can be told in a better way 
with the different assets that are available to them. And then suddenly they understand that like the value of design, that's something that would have probably felt crude or not, not so cool. Uh, now suddenly the non-designer has a, that power too. And they understand like, oh, wow, design is, is important. <laughs> I thought, I, I, I didn't realize how important it was. Like that, this thing that I'm creating now, it looks, it feels and transmits the message so much better. So I, I believe in that. And, and opening design, opening the tools, opening the assets, and that will actually bring more value to what we do. This is such a lovely finishing note for, for the episode. And now we finally got to the real why, I guess. You know, the as they say, the doorknob effect when you're about to leave. We just touched on that lately with Ellie Blum. When you leave the psychiatrist's uh, room and you're like, oh, and by the way, like <laughs> here is why. <laughs> so it was a little bit like that. Thanks so much. It was very, very nice to hear your inspiring story. So to recap, where can people find Blush online? Yes, thank you. And and thanks for, by the way, for allowing me to to be here until this. It's a <laughs> it's it's kind of a self-reflection thing, you know, and I, I thank you for uh giving this platform for people to talk about these things. And because like these kinds of questions usually don't don't come up. It's a good way for to remind myself like, oh yeah, this is why we do this. This is why <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> how how do we start? Oh yeah, it's it's it was because of this. So thank you for that. And yeah, people can find Blush. Just go to blush.design. And we have a, a free plan. So you can use it for free. And we also have a trial if you want to use the, the pro features and get everything in super high resolution in SVG. You can also subscribe to the, the free trial and try Blush out. And yeah, on whatever you want to make, by the way, there's no limit on that stuff. So go ahead and do it. Yeah, your license is really, really generous. Speaking of which, uh, it's like basically use it as much as you want, yes. almost everywhere you want, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that how, how are we going to monitor that? Like, yeah. might as well <laughs> just say like, hey, use it however you want. You know, like, hey, you want to use it on Instagram, on LinkedIn, create a thousand posts. That's okay. Don't worry. Like, I, we don't want you to be worrying about that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I can only use it in two posts. Well, but, but but maybe they're not going to check. But always having that little fear behind you, what if they check? Oh, they're going to now. Now, use it as much as you want. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Pablo, for joining us today. And I wish your project really grows and, uh, and conquers the world indeed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we want to conquer the world with doodles. <laughs> Amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your week, Pablo. You too. Thank you. Thanks everyone for being here.